Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of State Champs Extra Innings Podcast from the state of Michigan. I'm your host, Adam Woolley, and we are excited to be transitioning to this new platform that's going to allow us to promote the teams, coaches, and players of Michigan high school baseball. I'm also excited to introduce my co-host for the Extra Innings Podcast, Mr. Rob Mandyka. Rob is the host of his popular regional podcast, I'm Always Right, which, you know, we can take issue with that in a little while, but <laughs> it was Michigan Sports and spans the professional and amateur ranks. Rob, say hello to the audience and tell them a little bit more about yourself. Thanks, Coach. Uh, once again, my name is Rob Mendeka. Uh, you guys may know me from my from the show I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. We, you know, we really do a nice job of covering Detroit sports as well as the major happenings going on uh, of all the major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and even some pro wrestling as well, if you guys are into that. So we do a little bit of everything. It is an extreme pleasure to be here. Um, I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to get to know about all these great programs that are around the great state and to meet and talk to a lot of great players so i couldn't be more excited i'm ready to jump in and, and rob you're, you're in luck today we have one of the best programs not only in the state but one of the nationally ranked programs today orchard lake st mary's super powerhouse super prospect rock porter is in the house yes. um he and his head coach matt petrie are going to join us st mary's like i said one of the top ranked programs in the nation We're fired up to have them here but before that we got to take care of some business because <laughs> we are sponsored and and you know i guess both of us are pretty excited about that. Um, but these are a couple of the sponsors who help make the Extra Innings Podcast a reality. So, Rob, take it away. Yeah, State Champs Michigan Extra Innings Podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including baseball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Extra Innings is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is need of officials. So let's go to the MHSAA.com website. A great part-time gig. Keeps you connected to the game. Helps you support the kids. And by the way, you can give back and get paid. So help wanted um, is just a whistle away. You can go to the MHSAA.com slash officials tag for more information on their website. Uh, the pros of the DMC uh, physical therapy and sports medicine pros check out their game changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our state champs, YouTube page or on our website, statechampsnetwork.com or on the state champs, Michigan social media channels and for immediate access care, go to dmc.org slash game changers. They are an extremely, extremely important and valuable resource for everybody involved. And, uh, and I got to mention also the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards. That's a black tie event, let me tell you. The state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on Monday, June 14th at the incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees to be announced in mid-April. Can't wait for that. For more information, head over to the DACAthleteoftheyear.com. Rob, we'd also be remiss if we didn't take a minute to pass along to all the listeners a special thank you to the Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association. The MHSBCA works tirelessly to promote the game of baseball by creating opportunities for coaches to stay connected and informed through clinics, social media, and incredible events like the annual high school all-star game and Hall of Fame inductions. For more information and to stay connected, check, check out their website at www.mhsbca.org. That's www.mhsbca.org. So our format's going to be pretty straightforward here. Each week, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about some of the top high school games that are out there. 
Um, we're also going to have interviews with a coach and player from some of Michigan's best programs. But to lead off, we're going to take a look at some big games in particular this week. And I guess the name of the day or the name of this week would be thrashings and games yeah. were incredible blowouts from Absolutely. teams that are, you know, pretty much known as competitive programs throughout the year. So, Rob, let's start there. Um, what do you have for us? I mean, what's the first game that was on tap? Well, Detroit Western versus Warmont. Western gets the dub pretty easily here. It wins 17-1. to 1. Uh, We kind of knew going into the season, we talked off air, that Mott would be in some sort of year of transition, right? So we knew that going in that maybe starting out of the blocks, there would be a little bit of uneasiness. What's the rotation going to look like? You know, do we do we have our solid 11? Um, Western, obviously, is always stacked. Their head coach, Juan Sanchez, always schedules tough. And, and it shows when it matters most in the playoffs. So, I, I mean – to, to say that, you know, this was like unexpected, I don't know, but definitely, you know, uh, thrashing is definitely the best way to put it. Um, and then obviously also gross point South versus DEPSA, which you're going to talk about here for us. Yeah. Let, let, you know, if we unpack this a little bit, getting back yeah. to Western, Western is one of those programs that I, I honestly take a tremendous joy playing against them year in and year out. We always try to schedule a non-league game with, with Western, um, whether we play over at the PAL field, over at uh, Clark Park, Clark, <laughs> Clark, Clark, <laughs> um, they, and they sometimes will come down and visit Lampier as well. Coach Sanchez does not a great job of scheduling up. Um, he, he has no problem sticking his chest out and going against some of the best and, and uh, top competition from around here. The surprising thing is Mott is one of those gritty teams. I would liken him a lot to Lampier. Um, Sean Maloney does a bang up job over there and, you know, we, we try to maximize the most out of the players that we have in programs like like that. And to see yeah. that score as lopsided as it was really kind of caught me off guard. And I had to do a double take also uh, in talking to Dan Griesbaum. Um, he had played a game, uh, a couple of games, excuse me, against Detroit Edison uh, Public School Academy. Um, Edison, as some people may or may not know, had a player named Warner Blakely come through there and, and Warner's off and doing some great things. Um, but they have been able to find some incredible talent. Um, didn't help at all that Gross Point South had walked 15 guys on the day. And I'll tell you what, wow. nothing will unravel you in a game quicker than walks and errors. Yeah. And when you put freebies out there, uh, good teams are going to take advantage of that. And indeed, Depsa, as we like to call them, yeah. took advantage of that 11-1 and 13-2. And Rob, I, I cannot tell you the last time I've seen scores like that from a gross point south. Well, you know, coach, let me ask you this too, right? You know, coming off of these kind of lopsided victories in both highlight games of the week, right? So far, what, you know, as a mentality for you and your team, right? You're on the losing end of that, right? And I'm sure you've seen it before. What do you tell a team to kind of bounce back from that, right? Because it's, it's all mental at that point, right? And I think sometimes we overshadow the mental side of this game. You know, what do you tell the team to get them refocused and re-energized for the next week and the, and the rest of the season? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I would tell you when I early on my coaching career, I've been at it for about 21 years, early in my coaching career, I, I know that I was guilty of coaching the way that I played, which was incredibly intense and, and highly emotional. And as a result of that, when I would find myself on the losing end of these things in, in such a way that you're not even competitive on the day, I almost took it personally. And that wasn't good for anybody. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, win or lose now, what we've started to do is adopt uh, a mentality of like, hey, let's clean up the field. Let's talk about what's next and let's move on and out of here. And, and we can talk and address about things that we need to correct at a different time because emotions are running high. Right. But I think that's not something that's really important, something that 
is a buzzword around baseball. And that is the, the term trust the process, because you're going to have games where you go out and you absolutely stink up the joint. And by contrast, you can come out the next day and play like absolute winners. Right. The biggest key is doing it at the right times in the right games. So, I mean, I can even look back to the 2019 season. We were fortunate enough to win a league championship. And coming out of that league championship, we played a non-league game where I think our guys just thought, hey, we're going to sleepwalk through this. Right. And we got our butts kicked. Yep. And I was, I was emotional. Absolutely. But again, instead of going off and making them run extra or, you know, <laughs> do some crazy chaotic things after the end of the game, the kids know what happened. They, they're not happy with it. Right. Uh, nobody in the stands is happy with it. I'm not happy with it. We decided to recollect ourselves, talk a little bit about uh, the next games at hand, and and we really kind of use that as a springboard and motivation to take into our district and and use that and and make sure that we didn't make that same mistake come playoff time. So it really is. It's about trusting the process. It's about taking a strong mental approach. It's about knowing that you know unless that season is officially over, you're yeah. going to get a chance to wake up the next day and right all those wrongs. So and it's so it's, important too to take that different approach, right? And knowing when is the time to be aggressive and to and to get in the team and to kind of get in their rear end a little bit as compared to saying, "All right, we all know what happened, so there's no point in in continuing to harp on what just happened. What are we going to do to get it better and taking a more positive outlook towards it rather than continuing to beat a dead horse, so to speak?" You nailed it right on the head there. And, and baseball's a grind. You know, it's a yeah, long time to begin with. You're going to be talking about – we are going to have some challenges as coaches, and I'm sure Coach Petrie will talk about this a little bit later. But yeah. COVID's going to be an incredible challenge for us this year to have to work around as well, in addition to pretty much one of the unique sports in high school that plays back-to-back-to-back on days where you don't really have a chance to correct those flaws necessarily right. at practice. So, you know, being mentally tough and – and understanding that, you know, as the, the captain of the ship or the coach, you've got to really point those kids in the right direction and make sure you don't lose them. Because if you're going and swinging the pendulum where you're way too high one time yep. and then extremely low the other, that's what tends to lose teams and, and really have teams come unraveled. Absolutely. Yeah. You couldn't have said it better yourself for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's shift our focus though to the, you know, to why we're here, right? Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, you know, I think we need to highlight their week uh, ahead of time here before we talk to coach uh, and Brock as well. Uh, talk to me coach about what you saw out of Orchard Lake, St. Mary's versus U of D Jesuit. Well, I did have the opportunity to scour Twitter while I was uh, down. <laughs> it, it, it's my, uh, it's my son's senior spring break trip. Yep. So we did that um, as a family, and I was watching Twitter and, and kind of noticed these scores again. And, and U of D Jesuit, I mean, they're an incredible program uh, in their own right. And, you know, Orchard Lake comes in, takes two games, 16 nothing, 16 nothing, five home runs on the day, including not one, but two grand slams by Jake Dresselhaus. Um, they're off. Hey. With, yeah. Hey. 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 And, and they're off to a great start. Um, you know, look, I, I, I'm fully aware. And again, coach Petrie and I have a, a very good relationship and have even talked in, you know, in and through the winter about, you know, what they have at, at stake for themselves and, and the challenge for some of us who are going to have to play them throughout this season. So I know that there, that this is a team that's downright incredible. I've had the fortune of having some pretty good teams in my time. Um, I cannot say that I've had you know, at this point, I think they have, and again, they'll correct me if, if I'm wrong, but 11, 11 D1 commits and some possible Major League Baseball talent on that team. So you, you are talking about one of the elite level programs. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't think of the last time we talked off air to coach where we talked about, you know, when's the last time that a Michigan team has been nationally ranked like this, right? And, and I, I mean, you would know better than I would personally, right? And I remember walking around even as a high schooler walking and looking at some of those Lanford teams and going, wow, there's a lot of talent here, right? And there may be a guy who is getting looked at, you know, by, by the major leagues at some level, but a lot of times it's okay, we've got, you know, eight or nine guys that could go play at some sort of collegiate level, but nothing to this level where you go, okay yeah we got duke we got clemson we got name at school name a school name a school so it's an incredible job and i think a part of it if not most of it is due to our next guest coach yeah our next guest is the one and only coach matt matt petrie of these nationally ranked orchard lake st mary's eaglets uh matt welcome to the show thanks adam rob for having me on um, great what you guys are doing and always love an opportunity to talk about michigan high school baseball I mean, yeah, I can't. I'm so excited, Coach, to have you on here. Um, I, I figured, you know, Coach mentioned getting you on here for the debut episode, and I can't think of a better guy to have uh, have on this. I mean, to talk about a team like yourself and talk about a program. But I, before we get into the program, though, I you know, tell us about you, right? What was the transition for you as a player and as the coach? Like, what is your, you know, give me just a little bit of background, because unlike Coach Woolley, I am not super familiar with you as a friend off the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I actually got uh, into coaching by accident. Um, okay. you know, I played, played baseball at uh, University of Michigan. Well, played might be a stretch. I was on the <laughs> roster. Um, and then, you know, I was still living in the Ann Arbor area. And one of my former teammates, uh, Mike Schmidt, was going to coach at Dexter High School. And um, he needed some help um, throughout the winter working with the pitchers. So I offered to do that, um, you know, at the JV level there. And then, um, uh, the varsity coach stepped down about a week before the season. So he had to go up and coach varsity. So, you know, the kids were left without a coach. So I kind of stepped in there and 12 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how you kind of, a lot of that, that's the story I've heard several times now talking to coaches where you kind of just fall into it almost. And then you kind of like, you're all of a sudden like, I've never thought I would be more meant to do something more in my life than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, it certainly has changed uh, my life getting into coaching and, you know, just being around uh, the game, you know, I was away from the game for a couple of years and, you know, got back into it slowly. And then, you know, it turned at, uh, um, you know, kind of turned on a dime there, taking over that JV team. And then, you know, the, the rest is history. And I couldn't imagine my life right now without the game of baseball. Yeah, Matt, you know, we alluded to it a little bit about, you know, the, the enormous talent that you've procured over there at Orchard Lake St. Mary's and the, and the guys that you have on this team. So a two-part question for you. First of all, just give us a little bit of information and background on some of the guys that you have playing for this team. And some of, you know, I, I, I know that there's a number of standouts on this squad. And then the second part, which I can relate to from a team that I had exactly 10 years ago, when you have a team that's loaded with talent, it, it oftentimes, or I'm sorry, sometimes does not translate into uh, the best results on a consistent basis all the way throughout the season. So in addition to these talented kids that you have, talk a little bit about what you look, uh, in, in, in what you're looking out to as far as how are you going to develop these guys, how you're going to keep them happy and how you're going to keep them motivated. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we have a, you know, incredible talent on our roster. Um, but the biggest credit to those kids is just how hard they work. Um, they certainly make our coaching staff look good, but the biggest thing for me is just providing um, those guys with opportunities to to better themselves 
Um, you know, whether that's going to 2SP in the off season, all the guys go there, they work out um, at 2SP in Auburn Hills and, you know, doing our four-man workouts, uh, hitting-wise and pitchers and catchers, is just providing them opportunities to better themselves. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, a culture, to use a buzzword, that has been created uh, probably four or five years ago. We had um, our class of 2016 was um, incredible just – getting the guys together in the off season. They wanted to be there. They wanted to get better. They wanted to be around each other. And that's kind of, you know, kept moving forward. And, you know, these guys work, work their tails off. And I think that's led to, you know, not only their individual success, but um, the success we've had as a program over the last five or six years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it you know, speaking to, to what coach was saying it, is, do you, do you find it more difficult to, um, to coach, you know, certain players or, you know, the whole lot of them, it feels like at this point of, you know, from getting the, the whispers, right. The, everybody's a coach, everybody's a trainer, everybody knows what's best for that kid or this kid. And well, coach, you can't pitch that guy. Cause he only plays catcher. So, you know, better play him at catcher. You can't play him at shortstop coach. He only plays left field. Do, do you find that there are more obstacles than maybe you've experienced in years past because of the amount of high level prospects that you guys have, not from a player standpoint, but from the fans, extracurricular people, their quote unquote trainers, their, you know, their even parents. I, I know sometimes parents think they know what's best for their son or daughter, um, you know, and they don't let that, they don't let you do what you do best, which is put them in the best position to succeed. Yeah, you know, to answer, you know, one of those questions is, you know, we kind of ran into this in 2019 where um, we were getting some national level publicity and we started out uh, the year seven and nine or something like that. And things were kind of going awry um, in the dugout and things like that. So um, when Coach Woolley was talking about earlier, just, you know, about, hey, yelling and screaming at kids isn't always you know, the right answer yet. Is there a time for that? Yeah, there might be a time to be hard on them. Um, but we took uh, an approach. We, we got swept uh, by U of D Jesuit um, that year, and we kind of had um, almost like, you know, a come-to-Jesus meeting afterwards. We had, um, you know, um, you know, we met in the outfield, and we got on them a little bit. But then the next day at practice, um, everyone thought, oh, boy, we're going to run a whole bunch. And we decided not to, to take that route. But um, what we did instead was we had every kid get up in front of the team and say, you know, what they're doing well and what they can do better. And it just promoted, you know, honesty amongst everybody and a level of trust. And the coaches went up there too. And, I, you know, I said, hey, what I need to improve on our assistants did the same thing. And I think that just promoted, you know, trust within the group. And then, you know, after that meeting, I, you know, I don't think we lost uh, another game on our way to um, the state championship. And then to answer the the second part of your question, um, just with, you know, the amount of talent on our team, um, you know, we, it's a huge credit to our kids just being willing to do whatever it takes to, mm-hmm. to win games is, you know, we have, you know, a guy who's a middle, middle infielder and catcher playing center field. We have traditional shortstops playing second and third base. Yep. And, um, I think, you know, it's a, a huge credit to them just being able to, are willing to do whatever you know they can to not only get on the field but to help the team win and um you know brock is one of those guys as well you know he came in as a middle infielder um right-handed pitcher he's playing first base he's DHing. he's obviously still pitching but you know these guys are um you know willing to do what it takes to to have the program have success Matt, you know, one of the things that I always, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I've treaded lightly in person with you because of your lineage, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, and, and look, I, 
your your dad was one of my heroes growing up. No, you know, there is, a, and, and I know he's one of yours, you know, and he's around the program and helps out a lot. Does your, does your lineage or even like some of the wisdom that you garner from him or even your brother at that, you know, that level, does that help you keep things in perspective and then also kind of lead you down a path where you can take a step back and say, here, you know what, this is what I've witnessed at this, this elite level. How can I make that translate that to my team? Yeah, that's, that's a good point with, um, you know, my dad played in the major leagues, my brother played in the, the NHL. These are two guys that have played at the highest level in their respective um, field, just kind of picking their brains on, you know, the reality of things is things are not always going to go well for you. Sure, we're off to a very good start, but there's going to be bumps in the road and, you know, how to respond to those. And, um, you know, my brother's wife is actually um, good family friends with Roger Clemens. So when my brother was going through kind of a rough spot in his career, he reached out to Roger Clemens and just, you know, had a conversation with him on how, you know, how to be able to compartmentalize things and kind of, you know, hey, just take notes on, you know, what I did poorly and then just immediately flush it and then kind of re, you know, recreate, um, you know, a new, a new mindset going into um, the next game. Because if you're, you know, if you're dwelling on what you did um, a couple days ago, then, you know, your thoughts are not going to be on, you know, what the task at hand is and that, you know, that phase, whether it be games or practices, things like that. Okay, let, let's unpack that even a little bit one step further, because I, I am absolutely intrigued with the cultural aspect of, of a coaches and coaching philosophies. And, and you know, I, I would say it is a big advantage being at a school like Orchard Lake St. Mary's, where I think your relationship with your players and the ability to have players come in and know what an expectation is. When you're conveying that message to them, is that something that you have to constantly work on as far as like, this is what we are, this is who we are, this is our culture here? Or do they come in knowing that? I mean, how, how do you reinforce that message with those kids? Um, most of it, to be honest with you, is done by the players. It's kind of been established. And, you know, having older guys around, um, you know, a guy like Alex Moody this year, Brock Porter, Nolan Schubert, guys that have been in the program, they learned from some guys a couple of years ago, and now they're the older guys, the juniors and seniors. And now these young kids are looking at them. Um, you know, it's kind of a cycle is, you know, we had to kind of teach it when we first got to St. Mary's and, you know, establishing what our expectations are. But now um, these guys do a wonderful job of, you know, taking those younger guys under their wing. And, you know, by the time those guys are, you know, juniors and seniors themselves, you know, they're ready to mentor the next group of guys coming in. So. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, to have leadership at the level where it, it really is the trickle down effect, right? Where you see everybody just, it, it, you know, you take this, you see the seniors and the juniors taking the underclassmen and telling them, no, this is the way we do things, right? It's, it's all about the team. It's about the program. It's about leaving it in a better place than where you received it at as well. Right. And kind of, and I think that, I think that helps um, from a player's perspective, kind of reinforce that principle a little bit more than it is coming from a coach, because, if, if my peer is selling that to me rather than my coach telling it to me, it's no longer my superior telling that to me. It's a peer. It's a peer of your conversation where you can be a little bit more frank. You can be a little bit more blunt at times, but you can also say, listen, dude, if, if this is the way to get it done, you want to get on the field. You want to win a state championship. You want to win a national championship. You want to get to college. This, uh, these are the steps that you need to take in order to get there. So that's fantastic. Uh, Matt, give me one 
takeaway? Uh, what's the one blueprint line uh, that you want people to know about your program at Orchard Lake St. Mary's? I ask everybody that's on any of my podcasts with is if there's one thing I know if, that you want people to know about you and your program, what is it before we uh, talk to Mr. Brock Porter over here? Um, I would say it's just, you know, when you're facing, um, you know, Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball, just be, you know, be expecting to compete and having us compete and be in for a battle. Um, you know, we never want to, you know, be a program where, you know, you see us on the schedule and like, oh, we got these guys. So it's just, uh, you just know that, you know, St. Mary's baseball is a bunch of competitors and we're going to give it, um, you know, our all for the, those seven innings that day or, you know, for two games and a doubleheader. That's, uh, that's the thing I'm most proud of with our program. It's just how, uh, how our guys compete on a, on a daily basis. That's awesome, Matt. L- listen, I want to thank you personally because it is so easy to rise above something like this and say, hey, I know what we are and who we're all about, and we're a nationally ranked team, and we don't need to be doing things like this. But one of the things that really stood out to me today was you sent me a text back after we had been going back and forth, and you said, I love promoting our game, and I believe that about you. And so I want to thank you for coming on here and getting this thing kicked off in the right foot, because at the end of the day, Matt, you and I, I think are both in this for, for the, for the reasons. And that is to make players better in their lives. You know, we don't know where that road's going to take them, but if we can have a little piece of influence on them and help them get to somewhere in life, that's going to make them a better man, a better husband, a better brother, a better teammate, whatever the case may be. I think that's going to be one of the key essentials. And, and you were, you were, just true about that, honest about that. And I, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and getting us off to the right. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, thanks for having me. And I mean, you said it right there. It's just using the game of baseball to, um, you know, teach some of those life lessons. And, you know, sometimes they're, you know, positive life lessons. And sometimes, you know, you got to be you know, hard on the kids. And, but that's going to help them in the long run. You're using the game of baseball to, to create better young men. Yeah, hey, absolutely. listen. Go ahead, go ahead. I want to I see you on June 5th, all right? That's, that's when we're going to meet up next, all right? And you know, I want to be there. And, I, and trust me, I already know. I see it on the schedule. I already know that we're going to compete. We're going to have a battle and all that other good stuff. So I, I'm looking at I can't overlook anybody as I'm making my way down, you know, the old one game at a time. But I really do hope to see you on June 5th, brother. And all, and all of our years in the districts together, have we played? I don't think we played. No, it, there, you know, to be quite honest with you, they, I think we've missed a, cu- a couple of times and, you know, um, we've also yeah, okay. a couple of regions and stuff like that. So we, we definitely got to get together even early season. If we do some, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. We always seem to, when we are in the same district, always seem to end up on the opposite sides of the bracket. <laughs> and, you know, never get yeah. up that way. So, all right. Well, thanks again for having me on. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you so much. All right, well, let's bring in one of those players that Coach Petrie's having a big influence on and uh, bring him in right now. This is our super prospect for Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Brock Porter. Brock, welcome to the uh, Extra Innings Podcast by State Champs. Thank you for having me. Man, it is, it is awesome to see you here. And like we did with Coach, I kind of want to take it all the way back to the beginning for you, Brock. Tell me a little bit about, like, how you got involved in baseball, you know, what turned you on to the game? How'd you get started? And, and what was your baseball? I know you're a young man, so, you know, you go way back. <laughs> yeah. But tell me what your life like was like as baseball was introduced to you. Yeah, so basically I just grew up and I was always a baseball player. Uh, my dad was really into baseball. 
Uh, my first word I ever said was ball. So I just, just kind of <laughs> grew up into it. Um, and I just, I played um, always older. I always played competitive baseball when I was young. I played AU when I was six and basically yeah. just went up from there and always just try oh. to get better. And it was, it was always a grind for me, but I loved it. It's just, it's basically a lifestyle for me. Um, and I came into Orchard Lake St. Mary's and I really wanted to play at a competitive level. And so far it's been working that way. So you, you don't gotta, you don't gotta say that nice things about him. He's, I know he's, I know he's on, you know, he's waiting for you have to get off this call, but you, you, <laughs> you can say some dirt. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Brock, tell me, you know, because, you know, coach was giving me the rundown on you. I did a little bit of research on you before the show. Um, you know, the, the numbers, you know, kind of speak for themselves, but what made you realize that what was the light bulb moment, the aha moment where you went, I'm kind of, uh, I'm standing out, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you go to these tournaments and, you know, there's so many travel leagues and everybody, you know, everybody's a travel league guy now it feels like. And when did you realize that you were, you were standing out even amongst the elite level guys where you kind of rose just a little bit more above compared to the rest of maybe your teammates or other teams you were playing? Yeah, I think it was probably in eighth grade when uh, I went to this one show, a perfect game showcase uh, in early March. And I hit uh, 86 on the mound, and I was kind of really surprised about it. And I think it was top <laughs> zero at the time in the country. I'm not really sure, but um, and that's when I kind of realized, like, okay, this is the game, like for me, like I need to keep doing this, and this is gonna be my life. So it was at that moment that I kind of just turned not turned it on and began really trying. So you you talk about like hitting the gun at at 86 at that point, and then do do colleges automatically take notice of you at that point? I mean, was it that early for you? And, and, you know, and then transitioning from there, you, you are committed now to Clemson. Let's talk a little bit about that process as well. So first how they recognized you, what, what the conversations were like, and then moving into Clemson and, and how that all fell into place for you. Yeah, it was pretty much that summer when I started at right after that showcase kind of blasting me to a good summer season. And that's when uh, the college coaches started coming around talking to me a little bit. So then I started touring different colleges and, um, and you know, like Clemson was in there. So um, again, talking to them for about a year. Um, and then I fell in love with it. I went there. That was my first school I went to. Um, and then I talked to him for about a year. I visited there three different times with my family and toured it around. I loved it, loved the atmosphere. And I figured that that was the right place for me and I took my time and I looked over all my options, but I think that was definitely the right pick for me. No, I mean, that, that's awesome. Right. I mean, the program speaks for itself. Talk to me a little bit, you know, I, I'm sure you deal with this pretty much on a daily basis, Brock, from, you know, people coming around being like, Oh man, you're the man and this and that and everything else. But how do you specifically right in, in your own mind and what do you do to, to keep yourself grounded? It is so easy nowadays to, to be, get where you're at and just stay there, right. And be, and just coast on, on, you know, what you've done so far and just roll on to Clemson, think you're big fish and roll with it. Right. But what, what is the, what are you doing and how do you, you know, what is your process to remain grounded, humbled and willing to take that next level to really reach your full potential? Yeah, I just, I really need to stay humble and I need to just keep grinding and working hard. And, and, you know, there's always more, there's always more I can get to. I know I have a lot more in my body. I know I can get a lot, you know, a lot better from now. And there's just a lot more to me. And I think, yeah. you know, really I can get stronger so, uh, physically. I can get stronger. And I think there's just a lot more and I can't just stay where I'm at. I need to keep going. So. 
I love that. I love that mentality. I, I, I can even talk like see based on just body language and things like that, that that's, you know, it's an important characteristic and important trait. And one other thing that you touched on was you said you loved it and loving the game is extremely important. So I'm going to transition because I am going to come back to something. I want to talk about <laughs> a number that you put up there, but I want to talk to you about having this the notice uh, you put people on notice at perfect game, the elite level showcase, but I want to, I want to walk it back to the high school game. Talk to me about what that was like for you as a freshman in 2019 to experience that elite level state championship mentality with those teammates at a high school level. Can you, can you describe that for everybody? Because I think it's unique. I think it's unique to high school baseball. And I just kind of want to know how that felt for you even given all the success and, and the accolades and things like that that you've had? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was it was pretty much a dream come true, and I, I really didn't think I was going to pitch that game. But, um, I mean, earlier in the season, I started off pretty good, and then I kind of went down a little slow slope and didn't pitch as well as I thought. And then I began getting a lot better, and uh, I was kind of grinding through games and helping our team win. And then I got that start for the state championship, and it – basically went my way and I pitched really well and the team played amazing. So it, it went, it, was, it went amazing. So to hear, to hear the excitement that you're just talking about is, is pretty awesome. Like I know you're trying to keep it like at like a five, trying to keep it Mr. Cool guy, which I can respect hundred percent, but you can hear the passion and you can hear the excitement. Even now when you reminisce about that game, I can tell already you're like, like that is the pinnacle, right? So I, I think it's super cool for you to have that and to kind of walk some of our listeners through that because not many of us will ever reach that level or, or feel that, but to, to, to know, can kind of go through your mind just a little bit through the excitement. You can even hear it now. So for those that are listening right now that are current players, like, you know, it's okay to feel that moment and it's okay to, to take that second to really embrace that because I think it's so important that I think when you're in it, you don't really can reflect back on it and, and truly appreciate it. So it's really cool that you still have that kind of excitement going through you. So it's, it, that's pretty cool for me at least. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I think probably the greatest memory I've, ever had playing baseball and really in anything in life. It was, I always think about it. I always dream about it. Basically. I just, I hope it happens again this season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I, I, I do take a little bit of issue with that, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I but the, uh, no, the, you know, it is an amazing thing. I've had kids come up to me that have played elite level travel ball and, and, and I've described it, you know, dogpiling after the district championships and dogpiling after regional championships. I, uh, you know, Brock, unfortunately for myself, I only can dream right now of that state champion. Some I, I, I try to attain to, and I am really impressed by you having the ability to understand, to live in that moment and, and just want to continue to encourage you to, to live in that moment, because this is such an important time in your life. It really is. And, and I know, you know, that, and I know you're coached by an amazing mentor. So I, I don't really need to like kick at that dead horse. Talk about amazing things though. I remember the first time I ever faced a 90-mile-an-hour pitcher. name was Joe Rowe. He ended up spending some time in the major leagues. And uh, I got to face him on a day where it was like 36 degrees, you know, great with Michigan weather. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I had a goal. I wanted to get a couple of hits off of him. I settled for a couple of pop-ups. Um, but I just remember that ball coming in at 90 miles an hour plus, and it was different. Sounded different, looked different, felt different when you hit it. I want to know for you, when you got your number, that elusive 99, come on, there had to be something there for you, right? I mean, you're, you're throwing that ball, it's coming off the end of your fingertips, and you see the double nines pop up or somebody tells you, 
take me to that. Yeah, it felt pretty amazing. I, I looked at it and I really didn't believe it at all. I, I went this last season, I was up to 95 and I went this summer and, or this uh, winter and train. And then I went to Missouri and through 98 and I was super shocked. I never in a million years thought I'd throw that hard. And then I hit, I think three weeks later, I hit the 99 and I was just, I was shocked out of my mind. I never thought that that was going to happen. And it was just, it was just amazing. And it's incredible too, because you said to me, you know, there's always room to get better. There's always, you know, and, and it's, we are, we're seeing some of these numbers being posted in the MLB and it, there, there are there, you know, 99 gets taken out by 101, right. And then 101 gets up to 106. And it's just amazing to me that, you know, you continue to, to want to strive and push. And like you said, get stronger, get better. Are there any guys in the greater Michigan area, specifically former high school players could even be teammates of yours that you really look to for that kind of guidance. Uh, you know, again, coaches are one thing. I, I really like that we talked about that before. But when you're talking peer-to-peer, player-to-player, even somebody who might be doing it at that next level that you attain to, who are those guys for you? Michigan Michigan area players that you're going to look to to give you advice, motivate, even inspire you. Even guys like uh, Logan Wood, who was he was the senior when I or junior when I was a freshman, but he was kind of my mentor when I was a freshman. He really helped me kind of stable myself, but also make me a lot better. He uh, he helped me work on my pitches. He helped me kind of like mentally make sure I was in the game, and we kind of worked back and forth with each other the whole year. And I think he prepared me the best for that state championship game. And I think um, he's a great mentor, and hopefully hopefully he's doing. Um, great things in Michigan and beyond that. So. Yeah. I've had an opportunity to see him and I know he's starting to creep, you know, push the door open just a little bit, uh, uh, you know, at the university of Michigan, again, under a great coach up there, Eric package. He's, he's outstanding. That's for sure. So what we're going to do with you now, uh, Brock, sorry, I was calling you Logan. We're going to do a thing <laughs> like to call rapid fire. We're going to make this a, a weekly thing and we're going to just fire five questions to you one on one off and then give you a chance to really not think about it, but answer honestly, okay? So nothing embarrassing, I promise you, unless, <laughs> unless your playlist is weak. So you gotta, you gotta come prepared for that, all right? All right. But I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let Rob take question number one, and then I'll come up with question two, and then we'll work our way down the line. Yeah, I think this one's gonna matter to a lot of your teammates, so this better be a strong answer. What's the top song on your playlist? Or what, if you had to choose, what's your walk-up song? I know you're throwing gas up there, so you don't get to hit a ton, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Coach. But when he does, uh, what's the walk-up song or the top song you listen to when you're getting when you're getting ready to go? Uh, I think my walk-up song for pitching this year I picked was uh, Swag Surfing. Uh, <laughs> has a nice uh, beat to it and hopefully it's going to get the whole team pumped up for the for the first inning I pitch all right rapid fire question number two and I, I just I, I I'm picturing you like I picture my own kids three o'clock in the morning full headset on in front of the flat screen tv what's your favorite video what are you gaming with at three o'clock in the morning Ooh, Fortnite, definitely Fortnite. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say like Madden or something and throw everybody <laughs> well, Madden, Madden during the fall, during the yeah. fall. <laughs> there you go. I, hey, hey, Brock, Fortnite, I find myself doing this. Keep it down. Stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I, I can't even play it. It's too fast for me. I'm only 26 and it's already, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. All right, I'm, next. Still using the, I'm still using the 94 controller. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I was born in 94 if it makes you feel any better. Uh, so. uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brock, what's, uh, what's your pregame snack, ritual, or superstition? You got to start you, – you, you got it scheduled. I'm sure you know when you're playing, you know when you're not. So what you got a snack that you eat right before, or is there something that you do that's unique to you in your preparation before you go out there every single night? 
Yeah, every single night, the night before I pitch, I always eat steak. It's just like my pregame ritual. I do it yeah, every time before. Like all my teammates know it. They, yeah. you know, if I'm in a hotel or something. They'll their mom or whatever will cook me it the night before. It's, <laughs> it's what happens. I don't know. I I think it works, and uh, that's what I do every time. All right, this one's an easy one. Favorite current MLB player that's going right now. <laughs> Uh, I would say Justin Verlander. I always liked him because Tigers player and then, you know, he moved on, but, um, but he's not playing right now. So then I'd say maybe Walker Bueller. All right. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. That's a, that's a off the beaten path a little bit. So I can dig that. Well, but still within, still within his area of expertise. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last one. Uh, be gentle when you, when I ask you this, uh, predict the Tigers final record this year. They have full season. They're two and one as of this recording. So, I mean, the undefeated season's obviously off the table, but yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, what, how many did they play? One? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 167. Yeah. 76 and... Whatever the rest. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm gonna say they're going to go winning record. Wow. wow. All right. You go. Oh, listen, hey, you got more faith than I think I do. Let's so. hope. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe A.J. Hinch works some miracles. And uh, yeah, Coach Petrie, uh, you know, maybe you could loan him a couple, you know, and that might help <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no, you know? kidding. <laughs> <laughs> guys, small 99 over there. But no, you know what, Brock? Absolute pleasure having you on here. I, you know, it, it, great things. And just, you know, from one coach at another school to, you know, just a kid who's aspiring to, to look toward greatness. Man, keep this approach. You, you look like you have an excellent attitude, excellent work ethic. And you know what? Like I said to you before, that rumor you said, I can always get better. We can all always get better. I said, I told myself, Brock, I said, the day I stop trying to progress as a coach is the day I need to leave. You know what I mean? Because there's too too many guys that just hang around. So best of luck to you uh, as you continue your, you know, your path down this way. And, and keep it up. My Rob, I think, has one more thing for you, bud. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, good luck to both you guys on the season, right? I really appreciate you guys uh, joining for the first episode, um, you know, and I also kind of want to put a little bit of a PSA out there for other coaches that are listening to this show. Um, we'd love to have you on, right? This whole show is about promoting uh, high school baseball in the, in the state of Michigan. So, the you know, we want to cover as many schools and as many programs as possible and really elevate what you guys are doing. The great things that are happening around this state that maybe don't get some of the coverage that you, you know you think you deserve or that you want or even that you just want to be brought to the limelight just a little bit so um i just want to stick it out there and if you're afraid to come on here a little bit nervous i mean no no further than brock and matt here coming on here and i i'm hoping they had a great time but i know we had a great time for sure absolutely all right hey uh brock again what, what was the name of that walk-up song because maybe we can get it to end the show today Swag surfing. Swag surfing. Wow. All right. Swag surfing. We might have swag surfing to take us out today. But that's going to do it for the premiere edition of State Champs Extra Innings Podcast. Our thanks to Matt, uh, Matt Petrie and Brock Porter at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Best of luck to them in their quest for a state championship. For Rob Mandyka and me, Adam Woolley, thanks for tuning in and join us next week on the State Champs Extra Innings Podcast, Michigan edition. We are out of here. <laughs>